King E. Yates, they bridging the gap From the U.S. to Dubai, put pins on the map Ball is life and that's a fact And a ball is life, about that exact King and Yates, they bridging the gap From the U.S. to Dubai, put pins on the map There's a time to score and a time to assist Ain't no YN team, let the winning commence From generation to generation, game don't stop The new and old school got the game on lock it's all legendary, it's all necessary We all been all-stars before February And after that, King and Gates, after racks But really trying to get some wins, not just padding stats Two basketball lovers through happenstance Built a bond that led to greatness that advanced BTG Nation, what's up? We back at it Let me do my horns and my loud noises What's up, guys? Where we at? What episode are we on, Ellie? This episode four? Three. Now, episode three can't even count that way, right? Getting a little ugly, man. BTG Nation, what's up? It's the young OG here, Ryan Yates. I'm here with my OG, Triple OG, JK. I had, I had somebody send a message and say, yo, I love what you and Jupac doing. I said, oh, that means you and I know a different king. <laughs> Shout out to him, too, though. And, um, you know, checking in live from Dubai. Hoop Mountain Dubai, Hoop Mountain AE, all those good things. Man, what's up, OG? One of those days, man. Hey, look, I'm beat. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. Yeah. But mentally, mentally, I'm zapped, man, because uh, the traffic today. <sighs> I know everybody's tired of me talking about it, but it's getting crazier and crazier. You know, to, when I left today, because I did, we didn't work out afterwards, so we left at a reasonable time. I still was hitting, and I was stuck in traffic at like two o'clock. Right, right. And usually the rush hour don't start until like after three thirty four. Right. I was like, what? Oh, that's crazy. And then when I get to the top, I realize it's only like this because somebody's car broke down. Now that's something we need to talk about in Dubai. Why are you guys not getting your service done on time? There's too many cars that just break down out of nowhere and people just sitting on the side and, and they just, there's a thumb out. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. to, like, to, in all fairness, that can happen anywhere, though. That yeah. happens a lot back home. You know that. A lot back home. You know that. It don't happen like this, though. I'm talking about in the middle of the highway. Come on, man. You know, <laughs> you know, you, you know your light comes on, you need service, but your money's a little tight. It'll be all right. Give but, me another week. But King, we've seen far too many times when somebody was stuck at the. You the first car at the stoplight. Yeah. <laughs> and your car just died. And it's not even. It's like a a twenty nineteen Lexus, the big boy one, or the you know how they like the Nissan Patrols. Like, what's going on, man? So a lot of you men don't know how to take care of your cars. <laughs> that's another thing you weren't taught well you need an OG to get you right man that's true that's true that's another thing right I think the biggest thing is um, that I saw today I thought it was a car that was broken down it was a lady in a far left turn lane and it's like four lanes of traffic she's in the left lane exit and she stops with her blinkers on so I thought her car broke down and I as I slowly go around her, she's just on her phone. Oh, she lost. She's probably trying to get directions, but I'm like, yo, you can't stop right here. Right here. Like, right this here. is crazy. Listen, I'm coming off. <laughs> this is a funny one. Right? You know that train station um, where the Dubai Garden Center is? 
It's like on the same side as a lot of those uh, car dealerships and things on Sheikh Zayed Road, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like if you're coming from the backside and you're going towards Hester Street or you're getting closer to the Mall of Emirates. And I'm coming off the exit, right, to merge onto the highway, big dog highway, five lanes, six lanes. Everybody getting off here to get to the main one. And we're on the right lane and everybody just automatically stops with the hazards on. And so the car in front of us, right, puts on the hazard. So I'm thinking like you're thinking, broke down? No. He put down, a, he stopped his car in the middle of the road, right, with everybody coming in and merging into the traffic to let somebody in the passenger seat jump over the barrier <laughs> to get to the train station. Mm. I said, yo, you, what? That's crazy. What? Crazy. <laughs> what? Like, imagine. I don't know who's crazier, the driver or the guy jumping out. Imagine coming off of 490-395 off Duke Street and you're coming off that exit. And somebody just stopped right there to let them jump over to get to uh, Landmark Ball. What used to be Landmark Ball. Road Rage about to jump off. Somebody's going to get shot. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Man, but, you know, Dubai is what it is. Other than that, you know, it's all up. The weather is turning into paradise. Slowly but surely. You, you can start to smell it in there. Well, that's why I'm congested. Because, you know, it, it's, it's hot outside. That's what it was. It was hot outside. You come inside, it's freezing. Now you go outside. And it's freezing. It's, I mean, it's getting cooler. You know, they return the AC off of some of the gyms we Yeah. So now you get a little sweat and you go outside and it's getting cool. So it's like, man, I can't win. Yeah, I see what we got on. Oh, yeah, 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 we ain't playing. <laughs> like, it's always, even I'm at the crib. So, man, but I, I'm physically tired, too. For Hoop Mountain, um, this week is, usually we tell you guys about our camp when it's closer to December. <clears throat> but, um, you know, they have these special, the school systems out here are different. They all work on their own schedule. So right now for half the schools in Dubai, it's a midterm break. And so we have our midterm camp right now, which is the first time we're doing it. And it's a basketball, all basketball camp. Um, we're in good numbers. It's hard to have of basketball camps or camps period in the staycation capital of the world. And you, can yeah. you break down what a staycation is too? Because I don't think people, I, the first time I heard it was when I got to Dubai. Well, no, I've heard it before. Yeah, I got, yeah. I'm a little older. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a rook. I'm a rook. You know what I'm saying? But it has a little more meaning here in Dubai just because not only is it a, a destination where you can get off for two or three days and, and go to a plush hotel and and kind of have any environment that you want, whether it's you want the beach, you want the mountains, you want skiing. I mean, it's crazy. Anything. Yes, he said skiing. Anything yes, you want here in Dubai, you can get it. And, um, you know, it, and so you think about just taking a couple of days off to relax. And then the kids have so many options to keep them occupied. You know, it's hard to compete with that sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's, that's that's what makes it tough too to to build culture of like of competitiveness and hard working because it's just like why you know some, right, of, the kids, right. some of the kids is just like why right. and you know it's a blessing to an extent just to be able to have that level of comfort right because who we, we want that but nothing we all know nothing's ever that easy we talked about handling bad last episode because right. eventually something is going to be tough and it's right. not always going to be beach. You know, mountains, kayaking. But I, I will give our kids credit, though, the ones that have been coming. Even if the ones were a little apprehensive about coming at first to an all-basketball camp, because normally we do a combination mm-hmm. of sports. 
They love it. Yeah. They love yeah. it. And, you know, we, we get on them every day and work them hard and but we have a lot of fun and they all want to come back. So that means they're, they're beginning to grow the passion for the game. Yes, and for all of you guys that are listening, um, we have started with my with my young creator, my young, um, you know, potentially a little John Singleton in them, the UK version though. <laughs> um, <laughs> we we started to open up. You know, we're taking our video platform and we're bringing it to HMD, and we just started our vlog series called HMD All Access. Um, my young guy, Bread Eater. He, he was, this is his first production and everything. First thing he's ever shot and put together. But our parents and kids are responding well to that. And so, you know, you guys hear us talk a lot about what we do at HMD. And it probably just sounds like a bunch of fluff and a bunch of air, right? But we're starting to show you some of those things. So you can really see the difference um, in the kids. Um, the parents can talk a little bit and then you yep. can see our daily motion. So... Um, thank you. And then for everybody, all BTG listeners, please go in and check it out so you can kind of see what a lot of that behind the scenes access is like, because it's, it's dope, man. Um, and then on top of that, this week, what was it? Last Friday, last Thursday, I decided to uh, try to get in the best shape possible right and you know this the this the funny thing you know we got the the guru over here um we'll we'll get into the training stuff later but i say look it's 30 i still got a little in the tank i want to i want to just see how how sharp i can be at 30 and to be honest um i need to grow as a trainer right and then coach king is always sharpening his tools and so one of the things that we do and we'll videotape this and share this too is getting the gym Right. But getting the gym as I'm just student, not, you know, just working on how you would correct my game. So that's been kind of therapeutic and cool. But my body is dead because <laughs> now I'm playing a little bit, too. Right. Right. And so I'm starting to play again. And it's the first time in like two years, two and a half years or so that I'm playing. Um, and you know what I like about it is it's an era where don't nobody know me for anything. Right. Like they don't know me for what I did in the States, it's college, high school, whatever, post school. And so it's a new new space. And I'm only what second game in. And so we, we all know your legs feel like sand when you first get out there under the whistle and people playing five on five. You don't play enough. So I'm out there like y'all just give me two weeks until I get right. But I last night I went seven for 20. Mm. But I shot them. the first game. I only shot five shots. Because I'm new to the team. I don't know nobody. You know what I'm saying? I'm just letting in. I've never seen that before. I didn't see that on video. Yeah, you ain't going to see it again either. <laughs> but I went like seven for 20 and one for seven from the three-point line. And that that's the one thing to where, like, it's always defensively, because it's always about effort and being in shape, yep. and then getting your legs under you to get get your jump shot off, right? right. And so I'm hearing the, the guys talk like, you weak-ass jumper, you weak jumper, and I'm like, I, I hear you. I hear you. I'm going to write names and collect tickets at the end of all this stuff, but it feels good to be playing again and to be training on top of that. Right. I couldn't walk when I came in the house. My wife never seen me like that. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's when, you, that's when you're truly starting to get in shape when you start to get those cramps late at night. Yeah, and so that that's that's going to be an interesting journey, right? And so seeing how trainers teach and learn and get better at training is an interesting thing, too, because I don't know if anybody, like, I don't know how many trainers actually still get in the gym like that or if they're always, like, some people that's like, I'm not, I don't need to train that much. I don't know if they go in there and just work on somebody's game from scratch. 
Right. Mm, yeah, we, you know, everything that we see on, you know, YouTube or, you know, any other type of social media platform is always the finished product. Yeah. We don't, we don't need to see that. We need the kids to see what you're starting with from scratch. Mm-hmm. And then we need to see a progression over a certain amount of time so that, so we can show everybody that you don't have to be good to start playing basketball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, like I said, I, Coach and I on our journey, it's like we'll, we call it King's Court, right? That'll be the time where I'm in school and he's, you know, pushing me to be the player that he think I could be just to be in shape. And that helps me become a better trainer too because, you know, I, you, first thing you got to do is admit that you don't know everything. Right. Say that again. You don't. You gotta admit you don't know everything. I, I never thought I'd hear you say that. Come on, man. I preach that to Illy all the time. And you need to worry about. You need to work on your patience. That's for sure. You don't have any patience with the kids, man. That's not true. You was rough on them cats today. No, it's some new ones. That's why. <laughs> it's some new ones, and I and it's some other ones like. Um, shout out to Colin and Isaac. I was I was really really <clears throat> yelling at Harry. But did you see how Harry finished today? Yeah, he finished strong. Finished strong, finished but strong. he didn't start off that way. Right, right. You know, he had to get them together. Um, that whole younger group was was killing it. But they wild, man. Yeah, if we, that was a wild bunch. We got to put this fist down, you know. <laughs> um, but we can get into some action today. The NBA is back. Mm-hmm. Opening night was Tuesday. So you got your Lakers hat on? Did they win? Uh, of course not. <laughs> I, but you know, I'm in solidarity right now. Like I'm all, I got the eight two four all here. Shout out to Gigi and Kobe. But we lost on ring ceremony night, and all the headlines is about us. Yeah, that's that's not. Yeah, Showtime, baby. It's L.A. Uh, let's let's just start to where I gotta. You know, we gotta. We can't. I'm never gonna walk back anything. But we gotta acknowledge the Warriors. New arena, putting the first banner up in there. That's four rings, right? That's in that how many court. years? Nine years, maybe. I, I I know they've been to six finals, but I, it's probably something like that because only the Lakers and Bucks won in between in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Lakers and Bucks won, so it might be nine years. Six finals appearances, four wins. Um, I mean, there's not much you can say. They've put themselves in that same space as kind of the Spurs did before where they're their own dynasty now. You know, they've really done, they've done more than enough, right? Accolades, they've created a different era of basketball. They've done so much that the league itself copies them, you know, or tries to do those things. Um, And they reloaded with young talent. They are loaded. They are loaded, man. My man sent me a text and was like, yo, the... Listen to this. Listen to the wording. Yo, the the Warriors top 12 is crazy. (laughs) Top Top 12. Yeah, (laughs) that's crazy. Top 12? Yeah, they're loaded, man. We talk talk about 12. I mean, high school, how deep would you go in your bench? Ideally. Like realistically, like in high school level, like realistically, if you're considered a great team in high school level, level. how deep do you go into the bench? Probably seven. Okay. Seven, eight, yeah. College, right? High major, mid-major, whatever, you're you're the top team. How deep do you go to be the bench? The teams that make the deepest runs in in the NCAA tournament typically go... Eight to nine. Mm-hmm. Eight to nine. In the NBA. Seven. Seven, yeah. These folks got 12. Yeah. They're back to where they were in 2015. 
where, you know, you, you can turn on the game and they're down 15, Clay, Steph, Draymond, all sitting on the bench. And the second unit comes in with a 12-2 run. You're like, what the hell? There ain't no coach in the world can pre- prepare for that. Man. They prepare for that. That's, that's right there. You know, they don't care about going over that luxury tax. They're going to make it happen. And get it's, money back. it's worth it. Yeah, look, it's worth it. Don't don't penny pinch, man. But, you know, everybody's, their favorites to repeat, rightfully so. Yep. Right? Won't argue that, you know. But let's get into the Lakers because everybody loves to talk about it now. And it's going to be, it's a topic of discussion. Yeah. Right? And so um, we'll start with the ugly. We'll start with the ugly. Last night, you know, I said I was seven for 20 from the field, right? It's one for seven from the trade ball. Brown and them went 10 for 40. <sighs> 10 for 40. Brown shot 10 of them himself. I mean, he had 30-something and 12 boards. Um, AD had 27 and like six boards. Six boards. Yeah, we'll get to that. And I, I think Russ had 19. And he might have had more boards than, than AD, too. Well, I thought Russ was out. No, nah, he played. You talking about the little hamstring thing? Yeah. And so he said something about, you know, uh, the rotation, him not be the type of player. He's, I think he said, I'm not sure. You remember what he said? Yeah, he was just saying something that uh, the the amount of minutes that he's been playing, that he's that he played last night, are is you know it's foreign to him and and you know so his his body's in transition now making the adjustment and so that's part of the reason he's got the uh, the slight hamstring injury and so that's just another excuse man hey man it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a rough road forward and so uh, he still played thirty one minutes in nineteen and eleven um, you know but uh, but that's what he doesn't understand like whether he starts or not. He's going to play the bulk of the minutes, man. You can't keep a talent like him on the bench that long. Mm-hmm. You just got to play well. Yeah, I mean. Consistently, you know. The the thing is, right, everybody's going to say the same thing, is that the Lakers should have put more shooting around them, right? Um, I think that's obvious and those things. But I, I keep asking people, so who will we put around them? And so, because I, I think that term shooter gets tossed around a lot in the league um, and in the game period because people are good scorers. But when you're talking about putting shooting around somebody, everybody's saying it like you can just go out there, reach into a pot and just grab. Like right. They're like, yo, why didn't you pick up more shooting? Who was there to pick up? Who was there to pick up? If you think about it right now, who? You gonna go get? You can't go get Duncan Robinson. Um, I mean, who else would I think is a dead-eye shooter? Like, um, Well, the thing is, <clears throat> you can go get somebody's shooter, but you got to pay him. Yeah, but they, they don't want to pay anybody. But still, though, like even if you like, who is available though? Like who is available? Because they're saying that go get it. They, the, I know the Buddy Hill trade and the Buddy Hill and uh, Miles Turner. Buddy Hill is a good shooter, but he's been on teams where he can volume shoot as well. Oh, for sure, right? For sure. And so it's different when you can shoot 15, 20 times. It don't mean anything. He's he's not Buddy Hill by himself is not the answer that's going to get him over the hump. I'm talking about. This is what year three now, with so, sort of like an experiment for the Lakers. Well, no, because you remember when we won it, we had Kuz, we had okay. a lot of those guys around. Right. So, but so basically, as soon as we got Russ, right? What, but they got they let Kuz go. 
Yeah, we let over, all, over, over a few, we few let, pennies. We let all of them go. We only had to go down the list, right? A whole I mean, but list you can't them. you can't let those guys go and not replace them. Yeah, and they don't necessarily need a dead eye shooter. They just need a couple guys who can knock down some shots and defend. Yeah, role players, and that's what they don't have. So, <clears throat> I'm of the mindset where. It's critical because the, the the whole league is too good right now, like especially the West. Especially the West, like it's almost eight teams you think of before the Lakers, right? And all those teams that were bad got better, right? Right, and all of them got better coaching. Are going to come through, not afraid of the Lakers. And so I'm looking at it as a Lakers fan, like everybody keeps talking about trading Russ, and you know it's a bad contract. So yes, but. I'm officially off that Anthony Davis train. <laughs> like I, I don't. I think it won't happen. I think that Anthony Davis is what he is, and it's not going to be any better. When when I look at last night, he had six rebounds. He had six rebounds, King. I mean, just talk about the era of basketball that we in right now, and the skill that he has, and how he has six rebounds. Right. And that happens often. How many minutes do he play? 37? Yeah, he can't have six rebounds. Thirty, yeah, 36 minutes. Mm. And you talk about we're talking about the NBA's pace right now. There are a hundred field goal attempts from the Warriors. A hundred field goal attempts, and they missed about 55 of those. And you only got six boards out of that as Anthony Davis? It shows me enough. I know everybody's talking about Russ and this, and you know, because we got LeBron, it's all about finishing up yeah. strong. No, no, we. I mean, we've said it before. Make no mistake. If AD plays the way AD can play, we wouldn't even be talking about the Russ situation. I'm, I think we got to retire that statement. Yeah. Because like, how much longer? We've been saying that for like four, three, four years. Yeah. Even when we won in the bubble, right? Bron had to do a lot to carry us there. We had some big games from from Caruso, Kuz, and all those guys. Like he just had a couple flashes of moments. Like I think it's done with that. And then we got statements like Chuck is saying that the Lakers have stolen the joy completely from Russell Westbrook in terms of playing basketball, right? And then on the flip side. You know, Skip and, and Shan, Uncle Shannon, they're saying, no, Russ has stolen the joy from the Lakers and LeBron and AD from playing basketball. First of all, you said Chuck just signed a new deal, right? Of course. I, when he made this statement, what kind of coffee cup did he have in front of him? They, it, it was outside. They had nothing. But what, saying, where did but, he just come from? Because definitely... Yeah. Definitely, he had a couple of drinks, <laughs> but he probably did. But what he was saying was, is that he he's been the scapegoat for every issue for the Lakers, every issue. And they know, and right now they got you got to think the undisputed took a clip of the entire season of every turnover and miss layup from Russ, and then put like a clown noises underneath it. You right, know what I'm saying? Yeah, like out of everything. So it's now it's like it's just even last night everybody's talking about him, nineteen and eleven, right? 19-11, and, and I'm looking at Bron. Bron went from the three-point line, three for 10. 10 of them things. But here's the thing. Russ did clean up his play towards the end last year, mm -hmm. but he did play historically bad in moments. Yes. We're talking about historically bad. Yes. And when he plays bad, he never owns up to it, just says, I, I play like shit tonight. I need to. I need to step it up. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying. And that's the thing. That's why people go at him so much, just because it's never his fault. 
You know what I'm saying? You got to, sometimes you get to say, you know, you, you bring up LeBron shooting. Yeah, he he go three for 10, but then the next night he might go eight yeah. for 10. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The thing is, Russ was, he flatlined the entire year from three-point range yeah. and kept shooting him. You know, and the thing is like, it's one thing to shoot shots and miss them. But when you completely airball shots consistently or or hit mm. the side of the back, but that looks bad, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I just... <clears throat> Again, and then a lot of people are super critical last night about how they were playing. The offense still looked the same as last year. Da, da, da. I was like, yo, how long is an NBA turning camp king? Are they like two weeks? Two weeks, right? And some people don't come in the turning camp early. Am I correct? Most stuff are going to be there about the same. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, it ain't like it used to be back in the day where a cast might show up. But, yeah. You, know, you but got two weeks. Two, three weeks, yeah. With a new team. Yeah. And you talking about how we haven't seen all the changes yet. You talking about continuity. They last night they played a team that's been together damn near a decade for the most part. Then their core, right? Yeah. And then their coaching staff yeah. and the organization, period. And so I do think we're a little overcritical because everybody's talking about, you know, what's this and that, that. But Listen, I think we got some time to fifteen what, games in. You what was the um the final? We lost by fifteen. To lose by fifteen on on the road. While the Warriors are getting their rings against the Warriors, who they're who's loaded with youth, that's not bad. And you just miss and you just miss shots, right? And I think you know it takes some time for culture to change as well around there. I think we'll be I think we'll be fine. I'm six six seed, fifth seed, that type of thing. I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't see that the West has gotten better, and gotten younger, and gotten more seasoned, and all of them dudes are smelling blood. So I know that's going to be interesting, but but, um, but for I mean for the Lakers, man, they just got to get in the playoffs. I don't know if that's the case anymore. I mean, no, I'm I'm talking about for them to be dangerous. Yeah, they just got to get into the playoffs because trust me, if they can get into the playoffs, then they can slow the game down and have a chance to win. You know, but for them coming out and uh, jacking up that that many threes. That's not going to See, But slow, slowing the pace down, that only works if AD is a monster. But that's what I'm saying. So I don't think that should happen. Like, I'm I'm, I'm done. I do want him to have an MVP type of year and all those other things. I'm hoping for it. But, you know, history has shown, right? And it's tough <laughs> to keep keep doing that, especially as him getting older, which yeah. even though he's maybe 28, 29, you still got to think about it because it's him, right? And so, but I think that people are being overly critical. We're going to be all right. I do think Russ will be traded soon. Yeah. But I mean, I don't even know why people are being this critical anyway, because the expectations on Lakers aren't, isn't that great right now. Man, we're not winning the chip. Like, no. with, with that being said, the Celtics look bought in. They they had those, they had the Maybach and they had the, uh, the Ferrari out there looking good. Right. You know, both of them putting up 35 and they win against the Sixers. Um, that big piece, you know what piece that is? Malcolm Brogdon. Mm -hmm. I think that changes the game for them. For sure. And, and, and it was really obvious last night because it's a different um, steadiness that yeah. he plays with. Yeah. I don't even think he started either because I think they want to probably slowly transition him into a starter. And, um, and also you want to be respectful of Marcus Smart because sure. he definitely held his own um, for in years. times of need for them, you know. And so uh, I think they're going to be scary, man. You know, everybody talks about them not having their coach, but 
they were already good when Idoka got there. Mm-hmm. And now that they've been to the finals, they know what it takes to get there. You know, they got a little more confidence. And everybody has a, how can I say it, uh, a bigger purpose this year. Mm. Tatum wants to rebound from yeah. piss poor performance he had towards the end. Jalen Brown wants to show everybody like, yo, take my name off the trade block. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Stop disrespecting me. You know, and so, and Malcolm Brogdon wants to show that, he's you know, he's healthy. missing peace. Yeah. Williams is going to show that he's going to be healthy this year. And then Marcus Smart is going to show everybody that, you know, you know, he he is a he I think he's a really good team player, but it has to it has to hurt just a little bit to know that you took him to the finals. And now they brought in yeah. a starting point guard. You know what I mean? And you were defensive player of the year last year, right? And they've been talking about that for years though, yeah. getting them a starting point guard. Like yeah. that's been the, the talk. But again, you know, you just want to get better. Yep. And and I think if you bring a guy in like Brogdon anyway, I don't see Marcus Smart getting upset. Yeah. You know, it's some guys that it's just like if if it's him, class act, I know what he's about. He's proven. I know he's showing up. And I know we can still play alongside each other, too. On top of that, it's not as much animosity as you might have somebody else coming in like Austin Rivers. <laughs> yeah, well, Brogdon is not going to take away from Marcus Smart's shots either. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. he's more of a setup guy. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Um, but th- that's going to be a good thing. So looking into this year, Man, I got some some teams down here and some things for us to look at, to watch, and just want you to see. Tell me what you think. Um, the Pelicans. Man, these are all, like, outside of the Pelicans, these are just your favorite teams. No, listen, hey. listen. I, I got a couple more things on there, too. Um, the Pelicans, Zion, B.I., Willie Green, C.J. McCollum, and those the young guys that they got down there. And after they've already – because remember, they had a, they had a, a nice playoff – Series going on without Zion, and that was in the middle of a trade year. Right. What we saying? Shout out to Willie Green for doing that. Pelicans gonna be scary. Man, Trust me, nobody wants to see them in the first round of the playoffs. <sighs> nobody. That's that's why I'm sitting here saying we just gotta start thinking about the future in LA. <laughs> for real, like for real. You you talking about Bi <clears throat> Young? Bi is still young. You talk about Trey Murphy. Um, they got a lot of guys. Herb Jones. They got a lot of guys that are just young around Zion. And then you put CJ in there to where it's like his his career might be prolonged a little bit playing against those playing with those big guys. Definitely, all that length allows oh. him to be more of a um, his normal position, which is a shooting guard. You know, he's kind of he's a smaller size shooting guard, so it definitely helps him a lot. Man. You know? That changes the game completely. Right. Like he gets to last a whole lot longer. So um that's something to watch for. The Pelicans, I think, are another little dark horse of things. Um, I wanna see how great like I and I know what everybody's already been saying. I'm not one that's been like crazy jumping on a Zion wagon with him being top 10 in the league. And you know, all of them, they were getting crazy when Zion was playing, I'm, right? I want to see in the fire. Yeah, That's it. Cause with everybody listen, else with, with Ja, you got to see, you, you got to see, I just want to see what it looks like. For, I, I know, but season. you, but you can't take away what he did do just due to injury. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's the only thing. Don't condemn the man. Yet, you know what I'm saying? But he balled out when he was healthy. Yeah. yeah. So he's, a, if you think about what the Pelicans have, he is a miss, that missing piece because he's that ultra competitive 
hustle guy. Mm-hmm. He can score. He can pass. You know what I'm saying? He brings them just a different element that they don't have because, you know, what you know, McCullum is a scorer. Yeah. You know, B.I. is a scorer. You know what I'm saying? So he fits right in with them. He does He does a little bit of everything that nobody else really specializes in. Yeah, that's true. And he's an athlete and we haven't seen yeah, before. You dynamic. know that. It's going to be showtime. Yeah. Uh, how do you think Ben Simmons is going to play this year? And how do you think that's going to, like, what's the what's the best case scenario for the Brooklyn Nets? Best, I mean, of course, best case scenario, them going to, uh, you know, the Eastern Finals. And I think Ben will play, I think he'll play well because there's going to be a lot of pressure taken off him with you know Kyrie and KD being there, but it's it's hard to say, man. He could either he could come in and be an MVP candidate, seriously, mm-hmm. because he's gonna. We know he can dominate on the defensive end. He can distribute the ball. He can rebound the ball. So he can do a little bit of everything, except you know, really the consistent outs, outside shooting. But with KD and Kyrie on opposite wings, he should be able to get to the rack whenever he wants. Mm-hmm. I found. Um... Do you question the Nets as a whole? Do you question their competitiveness, their competitive nature? Or Ben Simmons and his competitive nature? Or Kyrie? Um, I I don't, because one, we've seen Kyrie get after it, mm. you know, um, on the big stage. You know, we know what KD can do. And Ben, how can I say it? Unfortunately, he's he was in Philly with Embiid. And they were both two youngins trying to figure it out together. Now with a little bit, even even though Kyrie and Katie are different types of leaders, they're not really like vocal. positive vocal guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It could be just enough to give Ben what he needs in terms of, you know, turning the corner. You know what I mean? So like, it's a big question mark with him. He can, it's 50-50. He can be either, he can be really, really good or he can be, he can be average, you know? That that is one thing that I saw uh, KD say. Like, look, I'm not holding no grown man hand. Right. Like, he knows what he got to do. He'll be all right. Like, he been here and been here and done that. And then we go to the to the next guy, Jay Harden in Philly. You know, they ask Chuck said everybody in Philly asked, is he washed up? Is he done? Is it is it dead? Like, is there any more left for Harden? Um, I think so. I don't want to count Harden out. Somebody sent me a thing say, "Hey, Harden is looking like his his old self." I think that I think it can be really simple and easy for Harden because you got Embiid, and that's just if you want it to be. He did have thirty five last night against the Celtics, thirty five, eight, and seven, and then Maxi had twenty one, Embiid twenty six, and and T Harris, Tobias Harris, uh, eighteen. <laughs> But my my dog said, "Yo, the the Sixers stink. <laughs> They're out of here in the second round." It, it's in order for Harden to really get a chance to kind of get close to you know to what he was. It's not on Embiid. It's on Maxi and Harris. They have to be involved a little bit more because I don't care if he had thirty five the other night. He can't be going for thirty five every night. He's got to be around that. 19 to 21 points per game and run the show. You know what I'm saying? Score, dish, score, dish. You know what I'm saying? He's got to be a setup guy. Just think about it. If he transitions into the the playmaker that we know he can be when he wants to and play uh, just a little bit of defense, just a little bit, because them two young guys are going to take care of the rest. I mean, you're talking about him being the third or fourth, even fourth option some nights. 
they could be dangerous then. I, I really don't. I think he got to do more than 21. I think he got to be 25 because I'm not putting I'm, – I'm thinking he got to average 25 because Tobias Harris. I think I think Maxie, yes. I think Maxie needs those more shots. I think Maxie should be around 23 points per game. But I don't think – I think he has to be even more aggressive to be a better playmaker. Harris does not have to average big numbers, though, for them – for him to be real effective with them. We're talking about if Harris, if he can get Harris involved in like 18 and he's averaging 17, 18, they're balling. Yeah. You think well, about that. That's that's four high double digit scores, man. You didn't you didn't pay Tobias Harris that nah, much we, money. Listen, this is no offense because you're supposed to take that bag when it's offered <laughs> to you. There's a lot of people in the league making crazy generational money that don't do half of what Tobias Harris does. True. You know what I'm saying? True. It's, Hey, that's just the would you you tell me is that's the market, coach. Yeah, that's the era we're born in. I mean, it's gonna be interesting. I don't think Philly is is a, is going to compete <clears throat> for a championship though. No, 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 no. I don't I don't think either. Yeah. Unless like I said, unless those things happen, but it's gonna be tough just because you got Boston, you got Milwaukee. I mean, yeah, it, and it's gonna be hard getting out of there. And I'm not gonna lie, Embiid is one of those polarizing dominant figures that could change up everything because he just that, but the whole league is gonna be focused on him. Right, like they, uh, Patrick Beverly just said, "Look, we send the whole trash can at him." <laughs> like when you see, like Joker is his thing, but with Embiid, it's just different, different level of dominance. So they send the whole league at him, but um, I don't think Philly has enough around them. Right, I don't think. Damn, I mean, that's. I don't a, think I mean, so. We just named. That's a lot. Yeah, I don't think he gets it done though. That's that's. I mean, that's yeah. a lot compared to what some other people have. It, for, for for sure, the Lakers. Right, for sure, there's more than what we have, but you always comparing everything to the to the West, right? Yeah, and so I don't think that, given the history, I don't think Harden is going to show up in those moments for that when he's when it's mano y mano, right? He got to look on the other side. If it gets to the end where it's Philly versus um, the Nets, I got the Nets winning that. I got the Nets winning that just because I don't think he's going to outcompete Kyrie and KD. That's that's how it's gonna go. I think that's right. gonna be different. But that's what I'm saying. If he's not supposed to have to match them every night, though. But that's the thing. When you name James Harden, you talking about they try to make you remember the time. You know, you always talk about people talking too soon. They talking about him being top three. Some sometimes they put him in the point guard conversation, but they talking about him being top four shooting guard ever. And there's, this and there's that. always a lot of talk. But when it's when it's out there, you gotta you gotta match it up. Hey man, how old is James Harden? I don't know, man. He got a lot of miles on those legs. In that game, that ISO game, yeah. you can't keep that up. That thing hurts. All right, let's go. Clippers in Memphis, right there. Clippers are the one team that we played them Thursday. <laughs> that let the time this come out. Hey, I bet you we win. Hmm. I bet you we win. I bet you we win. Hmm. I might take that bet. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not a betting man, so okay. I can't do that. But but I'm saying uh, how convenient, <laughs> how convenient. Yeah, I'll take that. One. I, but. The, the Clippers, man. People, people know how good Paul George can be. People know how good Kawhi can be in moments, right? Mm -hmm. People have forgotten how good John Wall can be. I am I am rooting for anybody. I'm. I'm rooting for John Wall to be an all-star this year. Right. I'm I'm that type of performance. That's what I'm hoping he gets to. And is very, very capable of that. And so Jay Wall do your thing. Don't do too much against the Lakers, though. <laughs> Take it easy over there. 
I just, oh my goodness. We just ain't tough enough, man. Let's get to Memphis. Let's get to Memphis, man. Memphis right there. Because I think what I'm going to say after this got to do with both of these teams as, as part of that character. But Memphis, I, this is John Moran coming for MVP. That's what mm. I think this type of year is. John making that ascension, getting into the MVP conversation. Because if they're going to be top four in the West, that's going to be because he crossed every line there. I think I think you're right on that. But the question is, is he deliberately going to go out and try to make a statement? Because I think if he just plays his game, general, yeah. he could he could definitely be in the conversation for it because with what they have and what they've proven to do without him, I don't think he needs to go ham every night. Yeah. He's got he's got to understand it. and it's hard when you have that type of talent. You know what I mean? But you also got to understand like, yo, they played all right without me. So let me just come in. Let me just be let me just be my who I am. I'm still going to do my thing, but you know, let me tone it back a little bit. Have some have some confidence in the rest of the guys. And they, I think they'll be see I, I'm critical, right? I think, you know how it is, um, certain players give other players confidence. And so I think a lot of those guys, when you know you got 12 back there, if he's going to be out a couple of days, when that's talking to Tom Brady, and you know you got 12 out there, he's going to come back, he just feel like, look, we just keep it kicking until we get the, the big dog back. It feels good because I am not a believer in Dylan Brooks. Listen, but you say that, man. Listen. Cats... Cats go into war without their main dog. A lot of times they're like, we might as well just, you know what I'm saying, cash this one in and wait for him to get back. And some people go the other way. So I'm not going to sit here and say that. I know Dylan Brooks had, he had some moments where he was very inconsistent, but he's, he's had some moments where he balled up. But this is, what I'm, this, is, this is where I'm at with it. It's at that point now to where everybody expects Memphis to be good. Right, you expect certain things, and typically, right now, they talk about their top players, their top scorers. Dylan Brooks is in that space, right? I'm saying for Memphis to be a team that wants to compete for a championship, he can't be your your second best guard. Dylan Brooks can't be your second best guard, right? Like he can't. He's not one that you're going to be able to rely on. Night in, night out. When you talk about the league being a wing and shooting guard league now, to where everybody has something there, like Desmond Bain started to grow and become to him, but he's still small too. But Dylan Brooks is the guy that they look to as three and D and those things. Yeah, but I, with Memphis's team though, it's not necessarily like he needs to. We Jaws here. Yeah, and then there's everybody else, and you don't need you don't need Jaw to be here, Dylan Brooks to be here, and then every no, you need. Jaw to be here, and you need um, Dylan Brooks. What's my man from Michigan State? Uh, Jackson, son. But he, I was getting to him next. I was you, getting to you him need, next. You just need those guys to play consistent basketball, and the rest will take care of itself because they 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 all bone up. They share the ball definitely a little bit more when Jaw's out, of course. Yeah. But when Jaw's in there, he makes them go. He does. Get everybody involved. They, they, he just needs those guys to be consistent. But, but that's the, but in the NBA now, especially, I look at consistency like a skill, right? Because that's what gets some guys paid. Just because the comparison to a lot of those other guys, they just don't simply, they simply just don't show up. So when I look at their roster right here, right, 
just going to talk about the people that play. Steven Adams, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, um, Brandon Clark, who just who just signed for an extension. It's a big athletic guy with the Braves running Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Anytime they toss it down to him, he dunking everything. Great rebounder. They got Danny Green, Jaron Jackson, Tyus Jones, who may be the best backup point guard in the league. Um, uh, Kenny Lawson Jr. Jr. and then and John Morant and then Zaya Williams. Now I'm looking at this roster and knowing how they've had those struggles to get anything going because Jaron Jackson I want to see more because he relies too much on the trade ball like he, it's not like he's on the block giving me but here but I don't see them consistently being since, able to win since Ja's been there though he's picked up his defensive play he's picked up his rebound a little bit and he's starting to evolve his game somewhat remember they're all, they're all still babies yeah them, them dudes are all still young with the exception of Danny Green and Steven, Steven Adams you, I mean, let's, let's look at time. Because how long can we continue to say if we in there for five years, four years? What's this? Uh, she had three. Come on, man. You know, there's some cast that took, you know, we, we sitting here talking about. Four season. We sitting here talking about, let, let's just go back to Golden State. Steph Curry was putting up numbers when he got to Golden State with, you know, um, you know Mark mm-hmm. Jackson there playing beside Monte Ellis and things like that. But, it took them dudes a, a while to really come into their own. If you're a top talent, yeah, you're going to get numbers because that's what you do. But we talking about these dudes at Memphis. Yeah. It, even even Ja, we can we talk about yeah, how how he was under recruited and things like that. These guys are these guys are really all unknowns. Yeah. Seriously. But I, I but still I just watch Just say you don't like him. No, say that, Dylan Brooks. No, just watching the way he plays. And the eye test is everybody talks about analysts doing this and that. But just watching the way he plays and how he gets it done, he's he can't be your second best scorer on the wing. Like yeah, you can't he, have that. But he's, but he's not but he's he's never gonna be there the the second best guy every night. Like this type of team is built where it's going to be a different guy as the second guy every night. That's how they survive. But that's not how you're going to win a chip. That's what not I'm true. saying. Like, against, against when you talk about the top teams that you're going to that's face not in the West alone. That's not true because Golden, Golden State won, and Steph had moments where he wasn't the top, du- top dude. But who did Steph have with him? He right. had Clay, and then he also had KD, right? right? I'm saying on you got <clears throat> everywhere you go in the West, right? You got Kawhi, you got Paul, and now you got um, John Wall. Well, even if you didn't have John Wall, you got Kawhi, you got Paul, and then in between it, you could splash Reggie Jackson, right? I'm saying if Ja had a PG, like Kawhi has a PG, and then Dylan Brooks is like Reggie Jackson, then you look at it as like, oh, okay, that's a lot more lethal. Right, but when we talking about just him, Jar, and having to give everybody there, yeah. you got to give more production but offensively. But you're talking about you're talking about championship aspirations. They don't have championship aspirations. Jar might, yeah, they, about, individually they might, but as a team, as an organization, they know they're not winning a chip. <laughs> Jar, hey, look, I'm listening to Twelve. Twelve said he's coming for one. Shut up, <laughs> he's coming for one. He's supposed to say that, but yeah. everybody knows. Memphis, a great year for them is 
having a winning season, of course, a winning yeah. record, of course, and getting to second round of playoffs. That's yeah. shit. I, I, but I want I want to see John get one though. Like that's <laughs> one that I'm gonna be watching, hoping that he gets one the rest of his career. Because that's gonna be that's gonna be like AI not getting his. But, you know, in his next generation, you know, he carrying that torch for him, at least for me. Because he's another little guy carrying an organization, like Isaiah Thomas did and that. And so, um, but that, that that brings me to a point to where basketball, when you get older, it shows you different things about, um, about men. <laughs> like being amongst men and playing, like... You watched me play in those games the other day, right? Um, locally here. What were some of your observations about just the, the way things go? The overall atmosphere? Yeah. Chaotic. Yeah. It's it's hard to watch um, multiple games, by the way, because there was a game on the other side. I went back and forth a couple of times early. And um, it's hard to watch when a bunch of grown men are playing basketball and they're carrying their emotions like children. The officials, um, one official is intimidated, one official doesn't care. Um, you know, the scores table is misinformed on everything and afraid uh, to say certain things to certain people. And it's just chaotic. I, I actually thought I was at, I, I've been in more, street ball games, street ball tournaments and seeing more professionalism than I saw the other mm -hmm. night. And that bothers me a lot because being that we're in Dubai, there's a lot of stuff that was said last night that people wouldn't say in other places around the world. Mm -hmm. This is a place where, you know, you know, your physical actions may have serious consequences where you serious. get up out of here. But, you know, these same guys, I'm like, you wouldn't dare say that to anybody out loud somewhere else. You know, you'd be quiet as a church mouse. Mm. And so I, it, so this kind of stuff bothers me just because one, you're not playing the game the right way. Two, you're not that good to be popping off that much. <laughs> and then three, you're not that tough to be popping off that much. And then just four is that as adults, everybody's supposed to be competitive and, and playing hard, but it's supposed to be a camaraderie where, you know, I got to go to work tomorrow. I know you got to go to work tomorrow. And we take it like that, you know what I mean? And these guys were, you know, a little too emotional about it. And it's just, mm -hmm. that bothered me a lot. It's, it's the, the one thing that's interesting about, you know, when you get in a room full of men, you can't, if you're weak, it, that gets exposed, that gets exposed, right? Mm -hmm. Being timid and like, and, and just standing in front. Like amongst men, if you just don't stand up for yourself, like nobody coming to help you with anything, no matter what it is that you think you might have talent wise or whatever that way. And what also happens is those of us who are considered alpha males, we can take up the space. We can take up a control of everything, even though within a basketball team, a winning team, it can't be that way. Right. You might you got your alpha guys that you follow behind, but everybody got some type of feeling of um, being noticed, recognized, a part of the team to where we're all locked in. Right. But also you as a man, you should make sure that your damn self. Right. Right. Like I, I get to the point um, where, you you know, you say, you know, you just you just got to go out there and hoop. But sometimes you get to the point to where you're like, yo, like. 
you can't just let people walk over you like that, big dog. Like, you know what I'm saying? And we see that around here often, depending on what cultures they're from or wherever they're in. But if you're going to be within the basketball culture, this is, everybody does it their own way, but you got to be able to stick up for yourself, right? And so, because there's going to be a Draymond type of Barker out there. It's going to be a, some, it's always going to be some type of energy. Right. And a lot of times, you hear stories about people poking the bed just to see how they're going to respond so I can know if you're going to go to war with me. I'm like, how do I know what type of soldiers out here if I don't see if you can, if you bite back? Right. You know? Um, that leads me into how we started and how we've kind of got our identity or maybe our grit. And that's from playing basketball outside. Yep. And so... um KD said something interesting in one of his interviews on his um, Etcetera's podcast and he was like yo I'm looking at this French cat talking about the Victor dude and I'm like yo where were you playing at to be that fluent now because I grew up playing outside everybody on the court everybody playing street ball everybody going up and down just dribbling all day like I get it but where the hell are you doing that in France where they find you at and that made me think about, I finally watched the N one mixtape. Right. The, um, it's called The Untold Stories mm-hmm. or something like that, um, which was dope, which was really, really dope. And it just gave me crazy flashbacks to what that era was like. Because I remember, you know, they played one of the N one games and one of the mixtapes was played at the Garden in T.C. Mm, okay. Yeah. And when they came to D.C., I was one of the kids that had played on that outside thing, trying to get inside in the, um, in the spot, like... I remember that entire era. Like it was it was crazy. But before we get into the street ball aspect, let's talk about because and one, some of those players are from your they're like your peers. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a funny story, you know, and it's like you know, some of the original guys, uh, you know, they don't know me, of course. Um, but you know, if we were to get together and they see me or whatever, they, you know, they might be, oh, I remember you. But, you know, I remember playing, you know, when all the guys used to work out when you'd be home in the summer in Atlanta and uh, run and shoot, you know, 24-hour gym. And, um, you know, we we get a chance to play with some of those guys or, or some guys wouldn't get a chance to play because what people don't know is some of that street ball stuff doesn't carry over. You know, some of those guys were real college players that could hoop. And some, you know, some were not, but they were, you know, real good with the tricks or whatnot. And um, I just remember working out one day with with my guy and um, young guy, young brother came up and was like, yo, we're starting to, we're going to start this new concept about street ball. And, um, you know, we like to uh, have you guys come in for a workout and, um, you know, see what's up. You know what I'm saying? Because my guy was like a you know, a bully in the paint, you know what I'm saying? When he's, when he's dunking and he's biting the rim, he's, you know, you know, rims, uh, the backboard shaking for four or five minutes. You know, myself, I was just a shooter, you know, um, you know, slash to the basket, dunk a few and things like that. So he was like, yo, we need some guys who got a little flair, but can play, you know what I mean? And so, you know, we were like, cause it was a new concept. We were like, nah, you know, don't know much about it, whatever, you know, we about to go play or whatever. Um, but the, one of the main guys, Hot Sauce, mm. used to always be around with us. And, um, you know, he was a guy that wasn't much of a, a a typical basketball player, but he could catch you out there on the island and, 
you know, and, and wobble his ankles a little bit, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, he, as you can see from history, he caught on mm-hmm. and he he took off, you know what right. I'm saying? He made the most of it, you know what I mean? And, uh, uh, you know, it's just interesting to see the growth of that idea into what it became. I mean, it became known worldwide. It was mm-hmm. a worldwide phenomenon, actually. And, um, you know, you think about guys like 50, you know, I played in the IBA with him. Mm. You know, with the, you know they called him fifty because they said he had a fifty-inch vertical. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and uh, you well, know, just yeah, well, main event. And those, well, you know, those were main event. You know, Wally Dixon, those guys could really, really go. Mm-hmm. And that and one for them was more like a an alternative to being in the league and not having to go overseas. You know what I mean? And so it was perfect for them, um, but. Truthfully, you know, those guys are, you know, those guys had aspirations of going, you know, to the league or whatever. But, you know, the league, you have a small window to get in, if any. And, um, hell, they made the most of their careers, for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know, Mark Jackson's brother, you know. Escalade. Escalade. Rest in peace. <laughs> you know, I had the you know, pleasure of meeting him once, you know, playing with athletes in action. Funny dude, great dude. You know, my boy Turquin Mott played with them. Turk play with them? Mr. T. For real? Mr. T, you got to look it up. Oh, yeah. We got to get that. Got to look it up. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And Turk, sure. Turk be on the, uh, <coughs> Turk on Instagram doing his thing. I don't know if Turk like on the Dr. CB retreat or he out there climbing the mountains and, and everything else. He always been like that. A wild, adventurous guy. Yeah. You like that too, though, the Shout wildlife. Out. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, Steve Irwin. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm more reserved, you know, yeah. Turk. Turk is, you know, he's always been a, you know, he's an inquisitive guy. He, yeah. He's always seeking more knowledge and stuff, yeah. you know. And so I, I take my hat off to him because he's always trying new stuff. So, yeah. but no, man, that and one stuff, you know, just watching that stuff and, you know, seeing the big crowds and seeing, you know, the attention they got, you know, how they brought and one sneakers to the forefront along with Vince Carter. I mean, it's incredible, man. And they had to, the the beauty of it, I, I think on the vlog, actually, I talked about um, us building our brand from the ground up. And I mentioned Nike because of the story. But really, and one really fits us because and one was, talking about their shoe, they have maybe four or five people working on designing their shoe. Right. And then the one guy who was a part owner designing it and spending hours, hours on it versus Nike, who's going to have an entire division of thousands of people right. and research and development. It takes two, three years before a shoe come out. It's just four or five guys back there trying to get it right. After they had, I didn't know they had Marbury in their shoe first. Mm-hmm. And then he broke his ankle. <laughs> And then, you know, they had to go back to the drawing board and start over. And that's where they came into um, the idea of the streetball action. Mm-hmm. But the idea, the fact that you could do that, right? Let's let's take it back. And before N1 becomes N1, they have to go to the bottom, right? They have to go and find that lightning in the bottle that's been brewing for years. Right. We've had OG Coach Jones come on here before and he mentioned it. People probably took it lightly, lightly about how um, Earl of Pearl, um, Elgin Baylor, Moses, Magic, Lone. Moses Lone will be playing outside yep. and people will travel when they hear about it and go and fill the parks up. But with street ball and what that did for for basketball, like and not just the street ball y'all saw on and one because 
you know, like half man and mate, half a man, half amazing. A lot of those older guys said on there is that when you guys, when they came and found me, I was 10 years deep in my reputation and my resume. You know, high sauce professional, those guys are polarizing now for what they did. But my name rings bells. I was headache before I got here. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? I was 10 years deep in a street ball game and playing outside and how that's a whole different element of basketball in itself. Like, you paint that picture. Man, just think about this. And for you to be able to go down the neighborhood and see somebody play outside that just played at Madison Square Garden two months ago, that as a kid, that's going to blow your mind. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, you know what I'm saying? That's what street ball was back in the day when, when the, you know, the guys were out of the NBA season or whatever, or back from Europe, guys would get together and play outside because that was the only course they had and go hard at each other. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, of course, you're not having your coaches, your, your typical coaches with you, you get a little more freedom because hmm. the game was a little more restrictive back then. But on those, on the, the blacktop, you could show show what you really got and put on a show for the you know for the fans, and uh, to see all of that in person had to be a joy for everybody. And you know because it's like it's not legend anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean. You can reach out and touch these players and see them get a chance to get above the rim and and you know block somebody's shot or you know come down with it and you know and uh, and get up the floor and you know those guys. You know, and to, to, you know, we talk about the N1 shoe. Those guys are out there playing the Chuck Taylors at the beginning. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's new support. Yeah. You know, and so. And no fiberglass backboard. No. And no yeah. special foam and yeah. stuff on the courts. Backboards weren't even square either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just like, and a lot of times, especially in the inner city, um, and even in the country sometimes, the, the blacktops would be fenced in. Yeah. So, you know, you got people hanging on the fence and things like that. So once you get in, you know, you kind of can, you know, can find space and you don't know who's out there betting on the games and things like that. And, um, you know, you take a, you going up to the, to the rim to, you know, to put one down, you know, you get hit in the air. Yeah. That, that landing's a little different. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? My air out the whole block in there. You know what I'm saying? For sure. And, that's that created a different era of basketball players. Right. right? right. We talk about the lack of creativity that's here now, um, the reactions, right? The instincts, the basketball IQ, the right. instincts that come with just being outside yeah. and just playing. We don't have that anymore because they don't they don't play. They don't play. And like <clears throat> it, can there be a resurgence of that? Because you you said overseas there is. Yeah, I mean we we're the leaders of basketball in the U.S. and I think everybody I think that's clear. Mm-hmm. Even though you know the um, international basketball has has definitely um, been it. been gaining ground for sure, but as a whole, we are the leaders in basketball. But as we began to build the game, uh, how can we say it? Like the the generations to come, they have it a little bit better. You know, so these you know these guys now entitled, a little entitled, man. Yeah. You know, you're not catching. I give you an example. Outside of LeBron's son, you know, working out at home, which which they're in the outdoor, they're on the 
in the parking lot and the, the, the carport. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, that's I thought he had an indoor gym, so I love that. But he's not playing in the league outside. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and rightfully so, because he's he's gonna be worth millions. But what about those guys who are going to be top college athletes, but not gonna make millions? Mm-hmm. Where are they gonna play? What if you can't get into your local high school or local YMCA or rec center or whatever? Where do you go hoop? Yeah. You know, so you gotta get out and play, man, because like you talked about those instincts of um, you know, growing your game in terms of I made that mistake last Saturday. We got bounced. And once we lost at 11, we couldn't get back on the court till three. You know what I'm saying? So let me make sure I force this dude left. You know what I'm saying? I make sure I take care of the ball a little bit more myself so we can stay on the court. And those are lessons that aren't being learned now because with that entitlement, you know, you get this. We just lost. It's okay because the court's ours for the next two hours. So we right back on. So you're not learning anything from that. And you know, I... That's why I learned how to play a role, mm. right? Like you think about it was easy for me to to mesh in with that 018 high school and then for me to graduate into that space to where I was the guy. And then college was the same way. So it was easy for me to play a role. And then when it was time for me to be the guy, I was there because I wasn't allowed to play yet outside. Mm. Right, because outside the court, I'm not. I'm like nine, ten, eleven. I'm watching everybody play every day, and across the street from where I live, that court was one of the active ones in the area. And so I'm watching everything. Guys come from Maryland, D.C., Virginia, coming to play on Duke, and I always wanted to play. Right, got twelve, and I started to grow a little bit, and I was like, "Yo, y'all gonna let me play?" <laughs> right, but you're not just getting out there. And just doing anything. No, sir. Because you are playing with grown men. Right. You know, right now we have parents or kids say, hey, what's the age of the kids that are playing today? It don't matter if you want to play. Right. If I, I just wanted to play the game. And so I realized they 16, 17, a couple of those guys, maybe 24, 25, but they looking at me because I'm like 6'1 and 12, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm here. So they're like, you're going to play. You're going to have to figure out how to do something. Right. I'm not crossing anybody up and getting out there. And so how do you find a way onto the court? Right. Because that was the first accomplishment. Right. Getting on the court. Getting right. on the court. Right. If you're a young buck and they say, yeah, come on. Right. That means you got your, res- they give you a nickname too. You got your respect right, right there. Right. But you had to go through the ranks. Yeah. So that's where it was like, all right, I know where I can shoot from on the court. I know I got to be uh, going after every loose ball, you know, trying to play defense. And then, Seeing them say, all right, I know Young going to hoop. He going to play hard. Now you can get on the court. And then after that, once you get on the court, then you start working on your game. Yep, to you stay start, on the court. Just to, to stay on the court, yep. right. And then you go from that joint to where it's like, all right, now now when you come to the courts, it's like, yo, yeah, it's you and me. For sure, yep. You know you, what I'm saying? You get that, you know you've arrived. Those are little things that, that you got to learn that your environment really puts you through. That's mm-hmm. the thing about street ball that we kind of miss, right? right? It humbles you, for one, but then it also teaches you how to be patient, as you said, mm-hmm. and then go up through those things. And so now that I think about it, playing outside, hooping outside, where there ain't no age limits and you eight, you 18 here, you 21 here, just roll out a ball, whoever can play can play, teaches you how to play a role. Right. And no, you know, no set plays, no coaches that know you. You just got to go out there and figure it out yourself and be able to play with other people. Yeah. And, you know, playing outside in the inclement weather, yeah. uneven blacktop, yeah. no, no um, 
double or triple rim, no net sometimes. One rim might be higher than the other. So being able to play in, in a rough environment prepares you to go in the gym and, and really go ham in there. What I'm talking about, we got our young buck, uh, young Duke, right? Um, Duke, whenever <laughs> somebody's saying something on the sideline, he talking back to him. Right. right? And this, I'm like, yo, you can't tell, you gotta, you just can't say anything. Right. Like, it's just not how, but I remember those moments to where I was his age and I'm hearing people talk and I'm not understanding the difference between talking trash and people attacking you. So emotionally, I feel the way. But I learned in that space how to channel that. Yep. Right. I talk now and nothing ever personal. Right. After the game, I'm all good. But I also understood like this is a challenge. Somebody trying to see whether or not they can knock you off your pivot and get you off your game. Mm-hmm. Or if they want to see if you're going to accept that challenge and you're going to rise to that occasion. And when you outside, like when they're talking outside, when you've been there five, two or three hours and your hand black. You know why your hand black if you've really been outside. Yeah, right? and, and all your clothes are black because you've been wiping them on your, you mom, wipe your hands on your, your shorts. Your mom tell you you got to take your clothes out before you come in the house because you right. smell like outside. Right. Like, but everybody there from the, the sun up, the sun down, when the lights pop off, and now the court getting smaller, everybody listening and yelling at you like, who going to get game one? Yeah. And I realized we didn't do as much one-on-one as it does now, even when we played in those games outside. Yeah. Like, if you had a mismatch, everybody will let you go get yours back. You know what I'm saying? There's a little back and forth going. But when I sit and think about it, it wasn't as much go go this. You you we were moving the ball too. Right. We right. were moving the ball. We were, you know what I'm saying? Cause everybody still, you get a lot of love for a flashy pass. Right, for sure. You know what I'm saying? You get a lot of love for that. And so we were playing pretty good basketball when I look back at that. And and you get the most love for winning. Man. Winning. What? Counting your wins at the end of the yeah, night? I got seven. Seven? Yeah. Yo, like, you, I got seven. You might see the old heads over there cracking a brew after the seven. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Talking trash. Like, right. And we we might be finished by seven, 7.30. Right. And so I, when I got to the age, I realized I'm done by seven, 7.30. I still got time to shower and hit the streets. Oh, for sure. Right? So for all of you saying that I'm too busy here, I'm too busy there, you just don't really want it. That's that's typical, that's right. basically what it is. Right. Like you just don't really want it because I was out there. Matter of <laughs> fact, in my past life, I remember being on a court and some girls driving past the court yelling, like, "Yo, we going out tonight? What you doing?" And like, "Nah, we gotta get some games in first. Like, it's always enough time if you really want it. Always, man, always. That's." <laughs> Man, I know that brought back some memory. Go ahead and drop back what you're thinking. No, sir. No, sir. (laughs) And so we want to see that come back somehow, some way. Um, I don't know how, but that'll be a good essence. But to close out the pod today, um, it's a question, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, this is still our post-game wrap-up, but in a different format, right? Something that... As of late, uh, Coach and I, um, we started work. As we mentioned, we started working out, right? To where I'm doing training, um, you know, just showing the progression. Part of it, not just for me to get in good shape, for me to feel good, but to show our hoop stars what a grind looks like. Right. Right, to what it looks like to be a bass. Because right now, they don't have anybody to look to at all. That they, that they can, someone that they can look look to right now they can actually access, mm. call, yes. touch, you yep. know what I'm saying, and and 
and you know be around consistently. That's that's what they were, they were missing. Yeah, because we always had somebody from around somewhere to see, and yep. so you know it's it's important now for me to get better at basketball, even at my age, because I've met some people that say, yeah, I, I'm 30, I can't get better at basketball. It's not true, right? And so we're working. And so that just had me think because, you know, I've known Coach since I was 15, right? And so we were working out and it made me have a flashback. It's like, damn, we haven't done a, a workout like this to where I'm student, your teacher, since 2013, 14 like we might have been in the gym and had a couple other guys in there and I come and put some shots up and then maybe we do some two on twos three on threes and stuff like that but nothing to where it was like fine tooling my game and all those things because you went from TC to coaching pro and then I was in college and you know everything goes all over the place but I'm sitting here thinking it's like man what if right sometimes people say you don't want to look into your past but as coaches and as mentors, your past is the is your toolbox for you to teach people, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm thinking about um, just basketball. I'll do one basketball, one personal. Um, we'll both do basketball first. What would I rewrite about my past that could help me going forward? Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing I, I always look back to is um, realizing that people peak in high school sometimes. People peak in high school. Sometimes people peak in college. But if you understand your pace and where you are, if you just prioritize what's best for you, you'll be fine because everybody's thing is different. So for me, I remember vividly going from sophomore to junior year. There's a lot of chaos in that summer. And we know how AAU and everything is back in the summer. And so I remember thinking to myself, man, if going into my junior year after we had one stage, I was a starter and everything, if I hadn't played AAU, if I would have just stayed and, you know, there's certain rules, but if we would have worked around the rules, if I would have just stayed home for two months and just worked on my game and body for that, that summer right there, man, who knows what would have happened? Because I think what we get is oversaturation with our ball players right now playing in meaningless basketball games. Right. Right. And we're talking about like all those leagues and stuff are good, but some of those things are meaningless games. Right. You're just playing a number of games, 150 or whatever, trying to get them all in, but you're just reiterating the same bad habits. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I did get better in increments, but what I needed the most was focus, right? Focus on certain things with the right person there, right? But me and mom going through this journey for the first time, right? We don't know basketball. We don't know the limits of how far basketball can take us. Where we went already was enough. Right, right. <laughs> right? And so looking back at that, I think that would have helped because you can't control what happens in life, like right. whether you get sick or whatever else. But if you give yourself certain things, and that's the one thing I wish I would have done is I would have put more focus in my off season and just getting better and building a better body and just working out with you for that one. And then coming back after my junior year for that summer and then killing it. Cause we do, we sometimes we oversaturate what we're doing in the AAU circuit and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, AAU is good if you're going to play in the right games. Yeah. You know, that's the thing because it's always good to get a, to play against different types of competition and different styles of basketball. And um, actually play, you know, and uh, you know, it has gotten to a point now where guys just every weekend there's a tournament. You know, yeah. where is this term? Who are you playing? And it's a bunch of guys that are doing what you're doing, just traveling from place to place, just jumping in there. Yeah. You know, so it's not it's not strategic. 
And a lot of times it is a waste of money, waste of your time. And, um, you know, it's another strain on your emotions. Yeah. And, um, you know, if we play enough <clears throat> to get the exposure, but we're working on our game and our body and our mind all the time, you're going to get what you're, you know, what you're supposed to get. Man. You know what I mean? And so um, I, I think you're right about that. You know, that would have helped you tremendously. And that would have changed your trajectory um, of your career path because, yeah. you know, the only thing holding you back at that particular time was your body. Yeah. Because yeah. you hadn't peaked yet in terms of um, your physical performance mm -hmm. level of, of your body because you were still, you were, you were tall, but you were wiry thin. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You just needed to, to, to get a little stronger, a little, and, more athletic. And that's the main thing, like, Knowing it now, right, and I still feel like I can get better at basketball, right? Mm -hmm, for sure. Um, but knowing it now, and this is a message, 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 because with that being said, I still went to college and played basketball. I still played it at a very, very good level, and I still was very, very effective. And I still had opportunities after college to play professional, mm -hmm. right? And so that just reminded me of is the focus too much sometimes is on the destination and not the work. Because if you work, they will find you. Yeah. Right? That's the one thing is like they definitely will find you. Right. You just got to prioritize the work. None yeah. of the other noise, none of the other build my brand stuff. Just work. Right? right? right. Just You just put in the work, they'll always find you. That's with everything. You want to be a creator, you want to be a videographer, you want to do video games, you want to do anything. If you just put in the work, they mm -hmm. always find you. That's correct. Yeah, because that's what's happening to us. Yep. Things are finding us and all we've been doing is working. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And so what's, what's something you would rewrite from your basketball past? Um, probably my approach to the game in high school. Mm. You know. Yeah, look, that's where it all starts, right? Um, a lot of people don't know that because, you know, I was fortunate enough to go to college and play on scholarship, but people don't know I only played two full years of high school basketball. Why? You know, I was a, a basically an idiot in terms of like following the rules and, and um, picking up good study habits and, and doing what I needed to do in, in terms of going forward. I would always try to do just enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I had something that was due on a Friday at 1 p.m., I get it done Friday morning. <laughs> I got time. You know, I live too much by the skin of my teeth, and uh, it caught up with me a couple times. And, <clears throat> you know, that was selfish because on two separate occasions, not only did I hurt myself, I hurt my team yeah. because I was an integral part of our high school team. And so even though we went on, they would go on without me to, to go to the state playoffs and things like that, if I had been there and I was a starter, I'm telling what we could have done, you yeah. know, and that would have helped my career individually as well. And so that, but that still is one thing that bothers me just because, you know, you just never know, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, being with you guys in, in 2008 and getting a chance to be on staff and uh, be a part of that state championship ride, that was something that was dear to me because I always wanted to have one of my own, yeah. you know what I mean? And so, uh, and so that's, that's definitely probably the the first thing that comes to mind when I think about my basketball career. And so with that being said, right, you, we still turned out to be pretty solid. And I talk with Italy about this all the time. Is As athletes, we have a different luxury because 
we understand the concept of if I'm not working, somebody else is, right? And so it still keeps us pushing. So if I don't get to my goal, I still fall somewhere. Yeah. Now, somebody who may not have athletics as a, a beam of support for them and they're just trying to skate by by the skin of their teeth or they're just gradually going through life, you know, just growing with the wind. That's a much different battle, yeah. right? Because you didn't do what you needed to do, but you still were a hooper and people, no matter what, people are always looking for value, Yeah, looking for value from you. And so... Whatever it is, I'm a basketball player. There is some value for 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 me that go that you may need at your place, and so you give me another chance. Right now, for those of you who don't have athletics or you don't have a talent that people can't visibly see, or something that you haven't worked on the most, if you just go through the win, if you're just going through the motions and just getting through it, that may be something that sets you up for failure for life. Like right. that that's that story of somebody working in the fast food restaurant and still, you know, looking back at it like, damn, like I could have, right. but you didn't. Right. You know what I'm saying? So what do you think was missing during that time? Because you're talking about us, we're 17, 16, 15. And so like, what do you look for now in an environment when you're trying to help somebody and you're like, yo, this is what you don't have around you and this is what you need. Yeah. Well, first it's, you know, who are you surrounding yourself with? <clears throat> no matter what your passion is and no matter what you're trying to do, are you surrounding yourself with like-minded people? And what I mean like-minded, they don't have to have the same passion and hobbies that you have, that you, you know, that you have, but they have to be people that are driven. Yeah. People that are supportive. You know what I mean? If somebody is always pushing you, that's they're, they're supposed to be your friend. They're telling you, hey, man, you got to go in there and get, get 500 shots up today. Yeah. You know, that's somebody that's driven in life and mm -hmm. they're trying to push you in the right direction. If it's somebody saying, oh, we can get that tomorrow. Don't worry about it. That's somebody that, not to say they don't care about you, they just don't know the grind that you have to, you know, uh, you know embark on each day. And so that's somebody that, is in your corner, but deliberately could be hurting you. I mean, indeliberately could be hurting you just because they don't know. And, and you know they, they might not. Some people just like the idea of things. Yeah. They like the idea. They like saying, yeah, I want that. Until you look at the path that it takes yeah. to get there, right? Like, you talk about it all the time. I always have really, really big ideas and stuff. You ain't lying. And so. Expensive ideas. Right. But when I talk about it, let's say we're all in a room. I can talk about it and put it down so visibly that we all get so energetic about it, right? But you know that I'm going to put it into work to make that happen when we're not around each other. But what happens is if somebody that, you know, when you're with me, when we're in the gym together, you're solid. But when I'm not with you, I'm still going to the gym. I got to be sure that you're still going to the gym too. Right. Some people only feed off that energy when they're around. Right. But when they're not around, they're not really driven right. upon themselves. And that's the the difference between that 1% and that 99, right? Let's get this straight. You have you have a lot of big ideas that are expensive. Yeah. You know, I don't get excited about nothing. <laughs> nothing. Until that check clears, <laughs> and I don't get excited about it. And I learned nothing. my lesson. That's just me For being. sure. Don't count the money until it's in yeah. your hands. And did I make up a word earlier? In delivery. 
We we live in a Kanye era. That's fine. okay. Yeah, yeah, right. You're right. I might be good. I no, might you be for show good. They might they might add that to the Merriam and Webster. Knowing the Brits too, we can say whatever we want, man. That's for sure. But that's a that's a major thing right there. Is that some people when you're around the energy source, you all about working that hard. But when you're by yourself and then things start drifting in and everything, yep. it's tough. Yep. But that's why you need accountability partners. Right. That's why you need an OG, somebody <clears throat> to look to and remind you because <laughs> fire quote from Jim Jones. I know, I know, I know. Dipset, I know. Jim, oh. Dipset. But this is what he said, right? Okay. And I was like, wow, that was profound. Okay. He said, when motivation runs out, but discipline keeps you through when motivation isn't there. And that's what it is. Because motivation is still a fleeting feeling, right? Some days you feel mo motivated. Some days you don't. Right. But the discipline, that's consistent. Right. That's the action, right? And so for the days you don't feel motivated, your discipline going to get you through. Yep. And I was like, damn, Jim. Yeah, yeah. So, I, got, I got to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going I'm, to I'm play it. I'm going to play it later because I used <laughs> it on TikTok for us. Matter of fact, I might uh, I might have it right here. Let's see what we got. Let's see, this is a special one. This wasn't planned. You know, matter of fact, make sure you guys follow us on TikTok. You know, we're trying to get it up. Oh, and on Instagram, we're at 700. We went up, up. Uh, we went up 65 followers this week. So let's go viral. But look, check this out. When you can't stay motivated, stay consistent. Mm. Uh, consistency gonna bring back your motivation. No matter what it is. You're basketball players, rappers, sanitation, do whatever it is, you dig? When you come on. Okay. Come on. Come on. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to you, man. Shit then got serious. And so for the last thing, personally, right? Because we always say that who we are as basketball guys is yeah. just a, a speck, a drop of who we are as a whole. What were some things that if you could rewrite um, or you can just put a, a major emphasis on this? Maybe it's one thing. Maybe it's two. <laughs> maybe it's health. Maybe it's relationships or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um. Probably the thing that comes to mind first is uh, my my last encounter with my grandfather. Mm. You know, oh, wow. so my mother and father, um, you know, moved around a lot. My father was in the Air Force. We got divorced when I was maybe, uh, you know, in middle school. And uh, so when we moved around a lot, I, I never really got a chance to be around my grandparents. And so once they divorced, um, you know, I... I, and I was old enough to like really know who he was. I got a chance to be around my grandfather. And now he's old school, down south, night, born in like 1918 type shit. And uh, he knew one way, his way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, um, so we did butt heads a lot. And there were a lot of things that, you know, I get upset about in terms of the way he might conduct his household and things like that when I was there or, or, you know, how he want kids to act around him. And I, you know, I just didn't understand those things. And so we would bump heads, whatever. And then, uh, as I got older, you know, we got further and further apart, if you know what I mean. And, uh, you know, you know, you get older, you start feeling yourself a little bit and you get, you know, you're, you're becoming a young man. And so physically, you know, you're, you know, you're hard to handle there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can get away with saying a few things, you know, and um, he and I had a real nasty argument one time and I was um, actually heading out. I think I was going to Europe or something like that to go play. And um, 
when I got a chance to see him again, he had already passed. Mm. So, you know, he had gotten sick uh, while I was away and um, it was something really sudden. And so I didn't get a chance to see him again alive, mm. you know, and, and to say, you know, my bad, I'm sorry. And just, you know, you know, make amends, you know what I mean? And so the, th- the reason why it, it really, really bothers me is not just because of that, because I disrespected him. I also disrespected my mother right. because my mother had a tough upbringing. And part of that tough upbringing was um, in terms of dealing with him. Cause when my mom was 18, she was like, I'm out. And so, but the one thing she always taught me was like, you gotta be able to forgive and forget. And so, you know, I'm at the, I'm at the funeral and my mom is reading a eulogy mm. and it was all about the good things that my grandfather did mm. and, you know, and why he did certain things, you know? And um, I just sat there. I remember thinking like, if my mom could forgive him for a childhood that was rough and rocky, yeah. why couldn't I forgive him for a few instances mm-hmm. that were rough and rocky? And so I just said, like, if I had a chance to do that all over, I would never leave knowing that I'm going across the ocean or something like that and not have a better ending to our conversation. You know what I mean? That How does that, like... Um, <clears throat> You know, not going too deep. I know that's that carries into how you handle relationships and stuff now. Yeah. Right? To where you try to make sure you don't leave any stones unturned or, you know, you you cherish those opportunities to go out and lock in with people. Yeah. That has made me a better person that everybody I've encountered that has been like a mentor to me or big brother, big sister. Um, you know, family figure, as they're getting older, I stay in touch with them all the time just because, one, to check on them um, because I do care, but two, to let them know that they're not forgotten. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's Mm -hmm. very important because we're all, I'm going to be in that situation in a few years, you know, where I'm going to be saying I can no longer do what I'm doing and have what I've done over the years, have I made an impact? Mm. And you will know if you've made an impact on, on people and they've become good people, if you're still in touch with them at some point. Yeah, you know, and, some, and not to say that you, you're not a good person because you don't keep in touch sometimes, but maybe sometimes you get so busy with your own life, you forget about those who helped you get to that point. Yeah. And I try to make a point of never forgetting that. Yeah, man, that's, that's, a, that's a huge life lesson there. Um, one of the things that I've learned and I've looked back on is, um, I have, I have deep, deep rooted trust issues. Right. And I think, uh, it's, it's hindered some potential or some opportunities to develop good friendships or keep good friendships because, um, people do mess up. And like you said, forgiving and forgetting, but I, I get really close and 
You know, I, I get trusting when I finally find people that I'm like, all right, it's my family. Because, you know, not having pops around, just me and my mom doing a lot on our own before my brother was born. And just me and her figuring out life together and not even understanding the concepts of father and everything else. But knowing that I looked at my mom, she did everything she could and all that stuff. And our relationship was unbreakable no matter what mom's was hard right mom couldn't be soft mom nurturing mom the most could be she had to make sure we were tough and so that developed is i didn't like to see people walking in and out right or doing flawed things and lying about it because my mom always talked about that it's like look you're gonna mess up but do not lie to me like do not lie to me and do not say or promise something that you can't keep right and i even on lisa says that to me she's like look if you say these three words if you say this to me you gotta follow through with it and just being around people to where sometimes we expect too much from people right and without giving them the idea that like you're not superman so if you mess up and slip up no matter what i think about you in my head is that like that's that's just human nature that just reminds us that we're all in the same place but it don't have to be the end all the be all to the relationship that ends everything and i've I've had those moments to where i've had people that i would consider like brothers um and some people that i've had really close and certain things happen and i just i just could could never go back to that and this is spaces to where you know all of our moms were calling us son, you know, like it was that type of that deeper thing. But if certain things happened for me, it was just like, that's the, that's the end of it, right? But then now we're all going into the era where, you know, I'm married. A lot of my guys, a lot of my friends, peers are having children. Like we're starting to build a family of our own. And uh, my wife talks about it too, to where she wishes that she had a, a, a better family atmosphere. And through it all, me, my mom, and bro are still are extremely close. We're 15 hours away. And some people always talk about, you know, that know them and see them. She said, how often do you talk to your son? My mom was like, every day. <laughs> He's like, I talk to him every day. Some people can be 30 minutes from each other and not have Correct. that type of relationship. Like even in my phone, I talk to my, my boys, my best friends from school every day. And there's valuing that. And, and there are times where I wish that we even had a, a bigger network for that. It's just hard to trust people. And so that started young. And so now into the space to where I'm learning how to balance that and where you don't give too much too soon. Mm -hmm. And you take on, like you say, you test people to see if they, you know, you give them a little bit to see if they can handle that. And then you jump into it. And then if they don't pass that test, so to speak. It doesn't have to be the end all to be all. You just know where they fit now. Right, right. Right? Sometimes we try to force somebody to be within that space because we see it one way. Right. And then when they don't meet that expectation, you like. Then we're upset with them. Yeah, but man, that's that's their body, not yours. Right. And so that's something that I've, I've had to learn over time. Um, just looking back at, you know, some blow ups I've had like some anger things and just feeling like, man, like how could you do this to me? Right. It's not a personal thing. Right. We all have our own flaws. Right. Um, and then just balancing that out. That that has helped me a lot with dealing with um, disappointment, you know, dealing with those forks in the road when you already have a plan of how you think life should be. <laughs> and then it switches us up and it goes this way or that way. Like it's just reminding yourself like, man, you just got to trust the path and just yep. go. Um, but I think 
BTG Nation, um, we, we just dropped some real heavy jewels on you guys. You know, from Jules the Jeweler. Oh, I knew yeah. That was coming. Yeah, yeah. That's just the perfect one. I should be a rapper. You know, it's a new age, too. I might as well try. <laughs> but um, stay tuned. Uh, make sure HMD. We're on YouTube now, too. Hoop Mountain Dubai. Subscribe. Uh, follow the journey there as well. See if I get any better at basketball. <laughs> See if the guy really knows what he's doing. Uh, BTG Nation, you know what it is. Follow us, like, subscribe, keep sharing. We can't thank you enough for um, every time that you come back and tune in. Um, and you guys know how we end it. Keep it real, keep it simple, and keep going. Player and coach, the brother, the brother. They both got views that you need to discover. From sports, current events, to just life talk. Whether you on a fast break or a nice walk. Gotta tune in, you already know G. This BTG Nation and you one of the homies. Just tune in, you already know G. BTG Nation, the other ones in the nosebleeds.